Welcome to The Life Podcast. We're so glad you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. But today we are going to conclude our series that we started a few weeks ago called The Whisper. Turn to someone next to you and say, The Whisper. Because sometimes when the Holy Spirit speaks, it's as quiet as that. And if you're not listening, you're going to miss what He has to say to us, particularly in our loud, busy world. Who agrees that we live in a loud, busy world? And this whole series really has been about us leaning into and learning to listen to The Whisper of the third person of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit. And so today we're going to continue that series and all going well, conclude it. Granted, I was going to share a new series this week, but I've put that on hold for next week. And I just think again, with the communion and the inability to sing, this is just a right and fitting way to conclude our series today. Um, And I want to speak specifically about the fruit of the Holy Spirit. The fruit of the Holy Spirit. So if you would, turn with me to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 says, So I say, live by the Spirit and you'll not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. How do we overcome the sinful nature? Uh, by living by the Spirit. It says, uh, the, what does it say, Dan? It says, for the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other so that you do not do what you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. See if you recognise any of these. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage. Who said the Bible was boring, untrue and irrelevant? I mean, it's all happening today. Selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. And I warn you, as I did before, that those that live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But, everyone say but. But. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Those that belong to Christ have been crucified to the sinful nature, which with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. I love this passage of Scripture because it highlights the conflict that's within us, the conflict between the flesh and the Spirit. Is there anyone out there that gave their life to Jesus and thought all your troubles are gonna go away? You're just gonna live this peaceful life for the rest of your life. And all of a sudden you found that there was this conflict and in some ways things have got harder because before you were a Christian, You weren't aware of what was right and wrong. You just did whatever you wanted to do. But since we've given our life to Christ, we've been awakened. We've been enlightened to a better way of living. And that's where the battle is because we know a better way of living. But let's be honest, some of the old ways are still fun because the Bible says there is pleasure in sin, albeit for a short time. But that's the battle. Is there anyone other than myself this morning that has a battle within them with good and bad, right and wrong? Or is it just me? Because if it's just me, I can get a couch up here and just pour out all my troubles to you. But hopefully I'm amongst a group of people that feel the same. Paul says it this way in Romans. He says, why is it that we do what we do that we don't wanna do, that we, what we wanna do, we don't do? Has anyone ever felt like that? I don't wanna do this, but I find myself doing it. And the things I wanna do, I just don't wanna do it. 
How many of you didn't read your Bible? Don't show me your hand, but how many didn't read the Bible this morning? The thing we wanna do, the thing we should do, we don't do because there's this battle within, because there's Instagram. I can wanna see Instagram and you're trying to read your Bible and you start on the Bible, but then you flick it over to Instagram, but without even thinking about it. That's the battle. Please don't tell me the Bible is untrue, boring and irrelevant. This was the same battle some 2,000 years ago that Paul was addressing with the people, albeit they didn't have Instagram but they still had the sinful nature at work in them. And we have a a, a sinful nature and and we have the law of God at work in us. And there's this battle. And this passage of Scripture that I highlighted today highlights that battle. And it's the Holy Spirit, the third person of Godhead, who wants to empower us to overcome the flesh and all of its desires. All of those bad things, all of those unhealthy things, all those unhelpful things that we don't want to do. He wants to help us stop doing those things. Having said that, as good as that is, I mean, our life would be a lot better if we stopped doing some of those bad things. I mean, eating that donut at 11.30 last night probably wasn't the best choice from a health perspective. But all those things that we don't wanna do, uh, wouldn't it be great to be able to have the energy and the power and the resource to overcome and not do those bad things? Well, the Holy Spirit wants to empower us to get a victory in that area. But not only that, but He wants to empower us to do good things. I don't know about you, but I don't wanna be known as a company of people that only don't do bad things. You know, I, I don't smoke and I don't drink and I don't eat donuts at 11.30 at night. Aren't I good? That's not the Christian life that I wanna live. I don't wanna be known only for what we don't do. I wanna be known as a church for the things that we do do. Yes, I said do-do on Sunday morning. Is there anyone else who wants to be known for what they do do and not just for what they don't do? Come on, we can't just be known as a people. And let's be honest, there's a lot of people that don't wanna come to a Christian community like this because they're afraid that they're not gonna be able to do a lot of things. They're gonna have to get their hair cut. You can't do long hair as a guy. You can't do this. You can't smoke, you can't drink. And and that's not what we wanna be known for. We want to help people and bless people. And we wanna be a blessing to our community. And so to overcome the flesh, the Bible says that we need to live by the Spirit. And to do that, we have to listen. We have to not just hear, but we have to listen to Him. And that's what this whole series is about. See, the problem is never with the Holy Spirit's leading. It's always to do with our listening. It's always to do with our following. It's always to do with us, never to do with God. And yet God often gets blamed for why bad things are happening in the world today. But the reality is the problem is with us in our listening and with our following. We need the Holy Spirit more than ever before. And we need the Holy Spirit on a daily basis. Can I just say this, that there is a difference between the Spirit indwelling us and the Spirit infilling us. There's a difference. Spiritual indwelling is a sign of Lordship and the seal of salvation. It's something that happens at salvation. The Spirit infilling on a daily basis is what empowers us, the believers, to live the life of grace and to do the work of grace. Even the Reformed Baptist John Piper believes that a spirit encounter is different than receiving the Spirit at salvation. Paul the Apostle, he says this, be filled with the Spirit. And when he said be filled with the Spirit, he was speaking to a people who had already been filled with the Spirit, who were already indwelt with the Spirit. Why did Paul say that? Because... They are radically different encounters and graces. 
the Holy Spirit enables us to produce fruit. And God doesn't just want us to be a faithful people. He wants us to be a fruitful people. I'm gonna say that again. He doesn't just want us to be faithful. He wants us to be fruitful. And He doesn't want us just to be fruitful in our achievements, although that is good. But it's not just in the area of our achievements, but also in the area of our actions, in our conduct and in our character. In other words, the goal is to become like Christ. The goal of our faith shouldn't be to save the world. The goal of our faith should be to be like Christ. And out of becoming more like Christ, we find ourselves being more effective. This world doesn't need more of you or me. It needs more of Christ. And if we can become more like Christ, we're never going to be any more effective than we are when we are more like Christ. The goal of our faith is to be like Christ. And the fruit of the Spirit, and that's what we're talking about today, is the example of a Christ-life-like. So a Christ-like life. Is that right? A Christ-like life. That's what I'm trying to say. And that's what we want to talk about and delve into today. This Christ-like life that being led by the Holy Spirit leads us into. And again, Pastor Danny touched on it with our Pentecostal heritage and our Pentecostal background. I'm grateful for that. But you know what? If we have the gifts, but we don't have the fruit, there's something missing. Jesus himself said, Jesus, you can prophesy in my name and you can cast out demons in my name. And he will say, away from me, I never knew you. Gifts alone are not the goal. We want to become more like Jesus. We want to have the fruit of the Holy Spirit, not just the display of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? Fantastic. So these gifts, these, these nine fruits, sorry, that Paul highlights can be broken up into three categories. The first one would be the upward focused, which is a God aspect of the Christian life. And that is love, joy and peace. Love, joy and peace. Love is the Greek word agape. And it's on this agape love, this God-like love. Not this human manufactured love, but this God-like love that the other eight fruits hang off. This is love, joy and peace. Peace which surpasses all understanding. This is the upward focus. Now there's an outward focus. And that's man's aspect of the Christian life. Patience, kindness and goodness. Patience, kindness and goodness. Patience is long-suffering. It's courageous endurance without quitting. If there's ever a time in human history that we need to see some patience, it's right here, right now. And what I am so grateful for the Holy Spirit at work in my life, He's taken an impatient person like myself. By nature, I am not a patient person. My daughter's on the front row here. She can verify that. My other daughter's over there. She can verify that. My son's in New Zealand. He can verify that. My wife's on the front row. She can verify that. Some of you who know me in this church can verify that. And yet, I have a history and a track record of patience. Courageous endurance without giving up and without quitting. Anyone can start, but to keep going week after week, month after month, year after year, that's the fruit of the Spirit. And I'm so grateful that my life has become a testimony of something that I am not by nature as I've adopted the nature of the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? Kindness and goodness. These are the outward focuses. Thirdly, there's the inward focus, which is the self aspect of the Christian life. And that is faithfulness, humility, and self-control. And again, if there's ever a time in human history where we need to see 
self-control. It's right here, right now. A temperance, an absence, an absence, a ability to say no. You see, the grace of God teaches us to say no to certain things. It teaches us to say no to things that are unhelpful and unhealthy. And these nine characteristics are what Paul calls the fruit of the Spirit. Turn to the person next to you and say, the fruit. See, he could have said the result of the Holy Spirit, but instead he uses this word fruit. In other words, he uses something from nature to describe the nature of the Holy Spirit. He uses something from nature to describe the nature of the Holy Spirit. Much like when we see the Holy Spirit likened to as a dove or likened to as wind or likened to as fire. They are forms of nature to describe the nature of the Holy Spirit. And so for me, we need to know a few things about fruit in order to understand what Paul was trying to say. So what do we know about fruit? And how does that understand us, help us to understand how the Holy Spirit works in our lives? And so this morning, I've got five things, and I want to go through them very quickly, that fruit can teach us about the Holy Spirit, His nature, and how He wants to work in our lives. Hopefully it's simple, and hopefully it's practical, and hopefully it can help us to become more like Christ as we have more of the fruit of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Amen? So number one is simply this. Number one, write this down, fruit is grown, not made. Or I could say fruit is grown, not manufactured. Uh, in other words, this apple that I have here, prepared one a little bit earlier. This apple grew on a tree. It didn't have to work hard to become an apple. It wasn't sitting there saying, I've got to be an apple, I've got to be an apple, don't be a banana, don't be a banana, I've got to be an apple, I've got to be an apple. And I say that because how many of you have said, I've got to stop smoking, I've got to stop smoking, I've got to stop smoking. You'll never stop smoking. You'll never stop doing what it is that you don't want to do by focusing in on what you don't want to do. This apple, without trying, grew into all of its apple-likeness by being connected to a source. By being connected to a tree its source of life, it grew and became everything it was meant to become by staying connected to a life source. It's not made, it's grown. And over time, it's become this nice, rich, red apple. It grows when it's connected to a life source. It's impossible for us to produce this life of the Spirit. It's impossible for us to produce the fruit that we desire to produce in our own strength. If we say, I'm gonna be patient, I'm gonna be patient, I'm gonna be patient, I'm gonna be patient. Guess what? Pretty soon, you're gonna run out of patience. The only way we're gonna be patient enough is by staying connected to the life source. It's letting the Holy Spirit take our hand and lead us day by day, step by step. It's as we stay in step with the Holy Spirit, He leads us. And as He leads us, He grows us. And over time, you look back and think, wow, I've grown. We don't always see it in the moment. But when we look back in time, we say, wow, I'm so grateful. 
I may not be where I want to be, but I'm so grateful that I'm not where I was. Can I say, in order to become more like Christ, stop trying and start trusting. Start allowing the Holy Spirit to lead you. The trouble is He leads us at times to places we don't want to go. And that's where the battle is. He might say, I, just want, to, I want to lead you over to that person you've got an issue with and I want you to apologise. If then I don't want to do that. And, and every time we say, I don't want to do that, we stop the ability to grow and become more like Christ. But if we would stay connected to the life source, go over and make the apologies, that's where the growth is. It's not about trying. This apple did not try to be an apple. It simply stayed connected to the life source. In Galatians chapter 3, verse 1, we see Paul rebuking the Galatians. He says, You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly betrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by observing the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish that beginning with the Spirit, are you now trying to attain your goal by human effort? I think the word of caution for those who have been in church or been a Christian for a number of years is that we learn a few things. We get to know the ways of church. We get to know the ways of Christianity. And then we start thinking, okay, God, I've got this. I can do this now. When we're young and dumb, that's when many people give their life to Jesus because they just don't know any better. They're just like, man, I don't know what I don't know. And they just, they just respond and you, and you tell a young person to do something. They say, hey, read your Bible. I say, I'll read my Bible. What else do I need to do? I love young people. But as we get older, we get set in our ways. We start thinking, I don't need to do that anymore. I, I want to encourage every person who's over 30 years of age in this room today, maybe even 25 years of age, to stay connected to a life source because you cannot sustain what you started in the spirit when you walk in the flesh. You end up doing those things you don't want to do. Are you with me today? Number two, fruit only grows in certain conditions. Bananas, for example, grow in a tropical climate. Likewise, the fruit of the Spirit only grows in certain environments. You say, I want to grow. I want to know the ways of God. I want to be more like Him. And yet we place ourselves in environments that are not conducive to achieving what we want to achieve. Who likes bananas? I love bananas. Apples and bananas and uh, are kind of my favourite fruit. I was going to say carrots, but that's a vegetable. But apples and bananas are probably my go-to fruit. I, I love apples and bananas. But you can't grow bananas as successful here in South Australia as you can, say, in Queensland. Why? Because of environment. Yeah. Environment changes everything. Yeah. And, and I want to say this. Because as a pastor, I can often be misunderstood. When I say, you've got to read your Bible, it's not that you've got to read your Bible. When we're talking about salvation, you don't have to read your Bible. When we're talking about salvation, you don't have to go to church. When we're talking about salvation, you don't have to give any money. Salvation is a free gift from God for you because we were incapable of saving ourselves and so God did it all for us. All we have to do is surrender our life to Him to receive this incredible gift. But if we want to grow in the ways of God, if we want to become more like Him, and only you can answer that for yourself, do you want to grow and become more like Him? And if you do, you need to place yourself in certain environments. 
And for me, one of those environments is getting up at a certain time and reading my Bible. Not because I have to, not because I'm under the law, not because I'm a pastor, but because I wanna grow in the ways of God. And there's lots of things on television and there's always something interesting on social media and there's always someone interesting to talk to and there's always something other to do. But if I want to grow in the ways of God, I've got to place myself in an environment. And in order to place myself in an environment, it means to say no to other environments. And so to be able to get up and read my Bible, I don't do that because I'm a good Christian. I don't do that because I'm a pastor. I do it because I want to grow in the ways of God. And if you want to grow in the ways of God, you've got to place yourself in certain environments. And for me, that means the television is off. It means the kids are in bed. It means it's just Kath and I and it's quiet. And it's an environment where I best can read God's Word because it's not just about reading God's Word, it's understanding God's Word. It's not just about understanding God's Word, it's about retaining God's Word. It's about meditating on God's Word. And we create an environment in order to grow and be more like Christ because that environment for me is one way that I'm gonna grow. Does that make sense this morning? Not only that, meditation, there's praise. I don't know about you. I listen to a lot of music, but the most... Uh, popular music that I listen to is praise and worship music. That's not right or wrong. It's just for me, it's, it's one of those environments worship music creates for me to be able to engage with God. It may not be your thing, but it's something I love to do to create an environment. I love gathering together with other believers. Uh, I love coming to church. Again, I'm grateful for the online experience, particularly in this lockdown season. But to me, uh, online must never replace the gathering together because the gathering together is an environment where we come together with a corporate faith. And we enjoy not only our experience, but we enjoy the experience of us being gathered together. We've got three uh, empower nights, one this Wednesday night, one next Sunday night, and one the following Wednesday night. So three empower nights. These are incredible environments in order for us to gather together, to pray for the many needs that there are, but also to encounter God. For those who are seeking the baptism in the Holy Spirit, I'd say what an incredible environment to gather together and seek that gift. For those that just want to come and pray together, let's be honest, we don't always know how to pray. We don't always have the courage to pray. But when we come together, we find faith, we find courage when we gather together. Some of you might say, I pray at home by myself. I hope you do. I pray at home by myself. But there's something that is created when we gather together in times of prayer. It's an environment that we might grow. You might grow by yourself, but like bananas, they may grow in South Australia, but they're going to struggle, whereas in the right environment, they're going to flourish. Fruit grows in certain environments. Number three, certain fruit grows on certain trees. I mean, this is so basic, but hopefully we're drawing a parallel this morning between fruit and a life lived and led by the Holy Spirit. See, an apple tree produces what? An apple tree produces apples. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 16, it says, By their fruit, you will recognise them. Do not pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles. Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus by their fruit, get this, you will recognise them. 
Fruit is measurable. You're able to recognise a tree because of its fruit. You imagine if you stripped all the trees of all the fruit and try and discern which is which tree. It's hard to know because they just look like trees to me. Unless you, unless you study trees, unless you're a lover of nature, and to that extent, I am not. But generally, you look at the fruit, and because you see an apple, you go, well, the apple tree? We do it all the time. Um, um, there's an orange on a tree. Guess what kind of tree that is? See, some people say, no, the Bible says not to judge. No, you know what? We're not, we're not judging. We're just, we're just making a right judgment based upon the fruit. And so there's oranges on a tree. It's an orange tree. And if there's a pear on a tree, it's a pear tree. I'm, I'm, I don't mean to sound condescending. But what I'm trying to say is this, that fruit is measurable. You can measure fruit. Fruit locates where you're at. And I think we have a right to look at a person's life and, and see the level of fruit. But can we just start with ourselves instead of others? Can we use this teaching today to start with ourselves? Because the last thing we need is more fruit inspectors in the church looking around here. Where's, where's your wife? Where's this? Where's your, we, don't, we don't want that. Let, let's use it to locate where we're at in life. Because fruit locates where we're at. In Galatians chapter 4, Paul simply says this. He says to the Galatians, he says, what's happened to all your joy? Now ask yourself this, how joyful are you lately? It's an indicator. Fruit is an indicator. And if you're not as joyful as you were when you were a new Christian, something shifted. Now again, no condemnation. None of us have arrived. None of us are perfect. But I use the fruit in my life as a measuring stick to gauge where I'm at. And if I'm not as joyful, if I'm not as happy, if I'm getting uh, uh, just, you know, um, snappy, I, I had to apologise to uh, a particular group that I met with this week. It wasn't the whole staff, but it was, it was a portion of the staff. And, and we had this meeting, and it was a good meeting because it was very short, sharp and shiny, which was good. That was the goal, short, sharp and shiny. Let's get on with business. But uh, I've got to be honest with you, I was a little bit tired. I was a bit tired. And the reason I was a bit tired is because of all the soccer I've been watching early in the mornings. <laughs> And not only was I tired, I was also sad because England did not bring it home. Italy took it to Rome, which is boo. But anyway, that's a whole other story. So I come Tuesday morning and I'm, I'm a little tired than I'd like to be. And I'm a little sadder than I usually am. Because, and, and the reason I knew that I was tired wasn't because I was yawning. Because I know me well enough. And when I'm tired, I get snappy. And so I'm snapping through this meeting, which is good because we want to keep things tight but I know the way I'm saying things aren't the way I want to say things. And I know there's an, an element of love missing in the meeting. Sorry, guys. I, I think I've apologised to all of you by now. But uh, I know it was right information, but it was a wrong spirit. How did I know that? Because of the fruit. And I didn't even need anyone to spell it out. And, and it'd be so good for us as believers to become so self-aware that we can actually identify for ourselves. I think 80% of the time, I'm aware of when I'm being short, sharp, and snappy, and rude, and, and all those things. And the other 80% of the time, I have my wife. <laughs> Sometimes you men are saying, God, speak to me. And he's saying, I am. Listen to your wife. I'm just saying. <laughs> but fruit's a wonderful thing for good or for bad. Yeah. And if you're being tired and grumpy, just own it. Yeah. Just own it. Because that's what love does, even when it gets it wrong. And this is what I love about following Jesus. Even though we're not perfect, even though we haven't arrived, 
Love covers a multitude of sins. So when I go and say to the team, I'm so sorry, I was tired and I was grumpy and I was snappy. All of a sudden it builds a closeness within the team again. So we're not aiming for perfection. We're aiming to be more and more like Christ. Are you with me? Number four, fruit produces fruit. Fruit produces fruit. In this apple, if we can have the band come up, that'd be great. In this apple is apple seeds. In other words, this apple has the ability to grow other apples. And in you is a seed. In you is the seed of Christ. And you have the opportunity to produce a Christ-like life. You have an opportunity everywhere you go to reflect the love of Jesus. You might say, I'm the only Christian at my workplace. Wow, what a better, what better place to showcase the love of Jesus. You know, this is what I know. Love begets more love. When you're loving, it begets more love. Joy produces more joy. I don't know if you've ever been in a room where someone's laughing hysterically. And I don't know, it's just hard to, to not get caught up in someone else hysterically laughing. At bare, at bare minimum, even for the most miserable person, it's going to bring a smile to your face. Come on, smile. Smile. That's what I used to do my kids all the time. Whenever they were grumble, they smile. Smile. And invariably, by the time I got to five, six, seven or eight smiles, they're smiling and they're laughing and they're joking. Smile. Jordan, smile. Look at her. She's just... I don't know if any of you follow, follow Abby Hawker on social media, but I, I have the privilege of following Abby Hawker. And she's just, a, she's just like a cartoon character. That's Abby. And yesterday, she, I don't know why she posted this, but I'm so glad she did. It just made me laugh. And all she was doing was just laughing. I don't know what she was laughing at. I, I wasn't there. But I could not watch that little 15-second story without laughing. I just found myself laughing. Kathy goes, what are you laughing? I said, Abby. <laughs> she said, what's she doing? I said, I don't know. <laughs> right now, I still don't know what you were doing. But I did find myself laughing. Because laughter begets laughter. Joy begets joy. Love begets love. You know what? If everyone's being mad with you, but you showcase love, eventually love will beget love. But likewise, hurt begets hurt. And anger begets more anger. Because fruit always produces more fruit. Whatever's in the apple will produce after itself. Are you with me? And the last one is simply this. Fruit is for nourishment. Fruit is not to be displayed and admired. How many of you have ever been to those homes and no, no, I'm going to be careful I say this because some of you may have this at home. But some of you know where I'm going with this. You go to certain homes and, and you look at their fruit and they oh, that looks nice. And you go to grab a piece of fruit and it's, not, it's plastic. The last thing we need is more plastic Christians. Or probably a better word is this, fake fruit. Fake Christians. Now, fruit, fruit is to be eaten. Fruit is made for nourishment. Fruit is one of the five food, five, <laughs> five food groups. They encourage you to eat a certain percentage of fruit to keep you healthy. We need 
to see the fruit of the Spirit. Why? Because we need a healthy church. And you don't have a healthy church without fruit. It's for nourishment. We live in a world that is starving and hungry for love. They're starving and hungry for peace. And maybe you've come this morning or maybe you're watching online and you're hungry and starving for love and for peace and for joy and for acceptance. I don't want Life Adelaide to be a church that's just fake fruit. They say, wow, this looks great until they go to pick it up. I I want this church to nourish people's souls, to nourish people's minds, to nourish people's hearts because fruit was never meant to be sat in a bowl. It was never meant to just fall to the floor and die. It was meant to be consumed. It was meant to be eaten. It was meant to be enjoyed. (laughs) Not the best fruit to choose to... Mm, Cool. Bananas are great. There you go, Dan. You can finish that. Matthew chapter 25, verse 35 says this, For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. The response was, well, when did we see you hungry, Lord? When did we see you thirsty? When were you ever a stranger? He says, when you did that for others, you did it for me. Let's not be fake fruit sitting in a bowl. We're meant to nourish. We're meant to help. We're meant to feed. The Holy Spirit is the life source to producing fruit. So I said it before and I want to close with this thought. Stop trying to do it in your own strength, but start trusting. The Holy Spirit is present this morning. He's present to give you what you need for your life. He's present to give you the power to overcome those addictions, those bad habits. But He's also present to empower you to do the right thing. It's not just about avoiding the wrong things. It's about embracing the right things. Will you stand with me this morning? I would love to pray for you. Though we're concluding this series, the work of the Holy Spirit is ongoing. It's not like we put Him on the shelf now. No, we need the Holy Spirit every day of our lives. We need a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit every day of our lives. We need the Holy Spirit in this world, in our lives more than ever before. And I wonder right now, if we could just raise our hands to heaven. I'd love to pray for you. Holy Spirit, we just thank you that You are the God who is present with us every moment of every day. And we ask You afresh to take our hand and lead us. We wanna be people that are led by Your Spirit, that we might overcome the sinful nature, that we might bear the fruit that's on offer, that our lives might be marked with the fruit of the Spirit, that love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, humility, 
and self-control would be our portion. We realise that we cannot manufacture these things in our own strength. We are desperate and we are hungry. We need You. We need You to come and fill us afresh. We cry out to Your Holy Spirit to come and to fill us afresh. We're tired of trying. We're tired of struggling in our own strength. We surrender afresh and we say we're going to stop trying and we're going to start trusting You afresh. That we may find a newfound strength to overcome addictions and bad habits and to embrace good, godly habits. Holy Spirit, we realise without You it's impossible, but with You it is possible. And so we surrender afresh and say, won't You come? Won't You come and do what it is that only You can do? Come and have Your way. Come and have Your way. Thanks for listening to this podcast. We trust that you're encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life and we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at our Adelaide campus. If you'd like to know more about Life, then visit our website at lifeadelaide.org or download the Life Adelaide app and stay connected.